Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Thiessen here with Alex King and Carlos Balasquire. It is Tuesday, uh, November the 13th, 2018. It's 4 p.m. New York time. That's 1 p.m. Los Angeles time, 9 p.m. London time, and adding a new wrinkle into it, it's 8 a.m. Sydney, Australia time. So hello, everybody around the world. Thanks for joining us. Um, we are, of course, live streaming on the Law of Attraction Trains My Life group in addition to uh, our regular podcast streaming. So whatever way you're listening to us, thank you for tuning in today. We are going to explore uh, another terrific topic that Alex and, and uh, Carlos came up with. Um, I, I've been asking them to come up with topics because as members of the millennial generation, I knew they were going to come up with topics that I wouldn't even think of that would be really relevant to their generation. And they're doing exactly that. So guys, thank you for the topics you're, uh, you're coming up with because they're really good ones. And uh, this week we're talking about anxiety. And I have actually heard uh, a number of millennials I know using that word fairly frequently. Anxiety does seem to be big. Why is it so big? Alex, I'm going to go to you first on this. Why is anxiety such a big topic these days? I think with the way the world is now, it's just, it's all too much for us. And we don't know how to process things. So it comes out as anxiety. I think that's what's going on. Well, it's understandable, especially in the age of uh, rapidly accelerating technology and and the whole world operating in a different way. I mean, it's like all the old ground rules for how you do things just don't apply anymore. So I can understand that, how that would create some anxiety. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Carlos? What's your take on it? Why is there so much, uh, uh, why is anxiety such a big issue these days? Um, well, first of all, I feel like there's, uh, and I know Alex has talked to me before that she, you know, this is something that, you know, she uh, deals with, uh, I talked to you guys again about uh, my brother who deals with it. But then I, I also feel that there's a lot of self-diagnosis going on um, as well. That's why I feel like people throw around anxiety, the term, kind of loosely. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that's probably what you're hearing a lot is, oh, I have anxiety, you know. And, and a lot of the times it's, it's stress, you know. Oh, it's self-created, you know, you didn't do what you're supposed to, you procrastinated, and now you're thinking all these things. Well, that's not necessarily anxiety, right? That's, you know, stress, right? And it still should be taken care of. But um, I think what we are going to go into more today is kind of just, you know, the 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 real kind of uh, anxiety. And I think that what you mentioned uh, has, you know, it's a good point, too. While just the, the way that we communicate uh, the amount of stimuli out there um, mm-hmm. that we you know, interact with daily, um, and how how is our um, kind of mind and our bodies adapting and changing to these new environments? You know, I think in uh, you look at human history, uh, we mutate or we change or we adapt, you know, physically and and mentally to our surroundings. But now, where we where we come from, a, an age where you know, in just in my lifetime, you go from uh, landline to now we have a computer in our hand. Um, how True. does a human body or mind account for such a drastic change in such a short period of time? And I think because, uh, to Alex's point, maybe we're not ready or able to process those things, um, you know, that, that might have some contributing factors to it. It's interesting you should mention that, too, because um, I'm thinking back to when I was growing up. When I was growing up, it was the 1960s, 1970s. And during that time period, there, it was a time of transition. I mean, that was the Vietnam War. That was Pentagon Papers, Watergate. Uh, it was the late 60s with the 60s movement, San Francisco, all that stuff. Um, so there was a lot of change going on. But by comparison today, the change was relatively mild. And I remember my parents talking about how, and, and, and not just my parents, aunts and uncles, you know, all the adults that I knew talking about how fast society was moving. Well, by today's standards, society in that day was moving at a snail's pace, but compared to where it had been, say, 30 or 40 years before that, it was so much faster. So there's this, there's this huge acceleration that's been going on for a few generations now. And uh, it, I, I can see where that creates anxiety because, I mean, in my lifetime, like you said, I mean, I, I started off learning on a typewriter and now I type on a computer, you know, and, and that's just like miles <laughs> apart. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's not even close, you know. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so, so, Alex, uh, 
Oh, oh, go ahead. I was, was going to, sorry, I was going to cross over here, but I was going to ask, um, what is it, kind of like, what, what is your story? Like, how, how have you um, kind of used uh, or have dealt with it in a, you know, in a positive way, or maybe you're still dealing with it? Uh, I mean, obviously you're still dealing with it, but I don't know what I'm asking. you know what is it like i guess you know like you know i uh i'm sure you know people are curious or maybe they think that they have they may have or they they kind of throw around the the term but they've never done to it you know a doctor or something you know what is what is it like from your perspective as far as seeing the seeing the world through through those eyes well your question brings me to a story that happened recently. I believe it was uh, Katy Perry who had tweeted something about um, having anxiety before a show and all she does is take a deep breath and it goes away. <laughs> and people like lost their mind. People with real anxiety like lost their minds. They were like, that's not real anxiety. That's, you know, nervousness before that stage fright. That's not, you can't just blow away anxiety with a deep breath. Like it just doesn't work like that. So yeah, it, it sucks. It's, (laughs) it takes over your life. You can't, um, do the things you want to do. You can try to put your mind to things and it it just doesn't work out like you want it to because you, you, your palms are sweaty. Your, your heart's racing. You feel like you're having a heart attack, but it's not actually a heart attack. It's like a mental heart attack. So it's, it's rough. Well, let's define yeah, the mean, term here before before we go further, because I think th- you guys are both making some good points about how anxiety isn't always anxiety. So let's define the term. What's anxiety? I mean, if we if we had to put a package around it so we know what we're talking about, how do you define the word anxiety in this context? Yeah, that's that's hmm. actually what I was gonna. You know, great minds think alike. <laughs> <laughs> there that's you go. A, no, that's, that's what I was because I was like, hey, we keep we keep talking about it. But I would say, and this is just a layman's term. Uh, explanation, but I feel like the difference is uh, from what Alex is talking about is um, when there's reasons for you to be stressed, that's a normal human reaction, right? If, mm-hmm. if you if you yes. are about to go on stage in front of 50,000 people, that's a normal human reaction. If you um, are nervous for a job interview or there's a lot of stuff on your plate and you're, you're stressed, that's a normal human reaction. I think that anxiety comes and a lot of people don't understand this until they've experienced it, but anxiety comes from, you know, no external reason, right? You mm-hmm. can be having, externally, your life could be completely great. Like, you have a great job, you have a girlfriend, you're making good money. Like, really, you could just be firing on all cylinders, but your mind still takes you to a place where... Um, you're in fear. In fear, right. And it could be, and it manifests differently in, in different people. Um, for some people, yeah. it's fear that their family, something's going to happen to a family member or yeah. that they're going to lose their job. Nobody likes them at work. And it's a, it's a, it's a barrage of negative feelings and negative thoughts mm-hmm. that can't necessarily just be stopped and also don't come from a rational place. And right. so I think that's the distinction is, Hey, if I feel like this, but there's a reason, usually, you know, you can, you can kind of correlate those things. But when sometimes you, there is no logical reason for the way you're feeling or, or those, those thoughts maybe that are coming into your, your mind. But I, I'll let Alex kind of elaborate if uh, she wants to on that. Uh, no, you hit the nail right on the head. It's, it's, it, it is irrational fear. Like with mine, I have, uh, Generalized anxiety, social anxiety, and also anxiety disorder, and stemming off of that, agoraphobia. So right. the agoraphobia is is an irrational fear of public places and and lots of people. So mm-hmm. and I wasn't always like this. That's the thing. So it like it like randomly just slowly snowballed for me into mm-hmm. not leaving the house for ten years, <laughs> and that's where I am now. It just it's. Not a good feeling. You say it evolved over time. When you say it evolved over time, can you point to, do you notice anything from your life that said, yeah, that was was an indicator right there. I could see the transition happening because of X. Do you have an X like that? Um, I remember one time I was walking in the grocery store and I was, and I just started panicking and 
I didn't realize it was a panic attack then because I didn't know what, what a panic attack was. So I was like, oh, my God, I'm freaking out. I'm dizzy. I can't breathe. I don't know what's going on. So I just had to leave the grocery store. Like, I just dropped all my stuff and walked out of the grocery store. And then from then on, I was like, I can't go to grocery stores because this, this is what will happen. Right. So it's how, also how old happened. were you, Alex, mm-hmm. when, when you first 24. Experienced... 24, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's very interesting. And I think that um, when that happens, um, you're right. I think what you've been through before in life either prepares you or, or you're not prepared, right? And so, like, mm-hmm. in that instance, when you're like, that's, that's the only logical kind of connection you can make it's like hey this happened in the grocery store therefore i'm not going to grocery stores right like that right because how else again you don't know what it's going on yeah <laughs> you know this ha- so what other logical kind of connection you can make but like to, to my point earlier um that's again in her in her mind because that's her that's her reality that's her perception but looking from outside in you know oh those things aren't necessarily connected right but right. again you don't know that it's irrational it's it's, 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 it's fear it's like, exactly I don't it's irrational right where yeah exactly um the thing the thing that i'm thinking about where anxiety is concerned is i i have never been i've never had a condition about you know somebody saying well you, you suffer from anxiety but i have had on on at least one occasion an experience with a panic attack and it happened mm-hmm. shortly after i met my wife um, I actually thought I was having a heart attack. That's how panicked mm-hmm. I was. Um, and they checked me out at the hospital. Amazing. By the way, when you go to a hospital with, with chest complaints about chest pains, it's amazing how fast you get in there. I tell you, I'm not, right. yeah. I'm not recommending it, <laughs> but I'm just saying, whoa, it was fast lane. <laughs> but they checked me out and everything checked out okay. And uh, there, there was actually a side story that went along with it because as I'm waiting for them to come back with results, I'm sitting there all wired up and I've got, you know, I can see the monitors in front of me. And so my wife said, well, or, well, she was my girlfriend at that point. And she said, let, 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 let's see if we can play with the monitors. Can, can you make your breathing go faster or slower? Well, obviously I could do that. Can you change your pulse rate? So I'd start playing around with my pulse rate. And can you change your, your, your blood pressure? Can you change the, the, the dials? And you can, which is kind of fun. Um, it was also really kind of a neat way to, to regain control. Because I yeah. walked into that hospital feeling out of control, and now I was regaining control. But that's the side story. The main reason I brought this story up is because I do recall that when it was going on, well, first of all, one of the factors was I was in this new relationship. And within the relationship, things were moving kind of quickly. And I, I recall mm-hmm. that when it, it started to happen, it's like my brain kind of turned off for a bit. Like there was stuff it was trying to process and it just couldn't process it anymore. And once I got past the incident, then my brain started processing again. So I bring that mm-hmm. up to ask you, is that what it's like for you? Is it like your brain stops processing? That's what I'm wondering. It does. It does stop processing. Like you're sitting there and I could be like most of the day I'm watching TV. Like that's just what I do. Mm-hmm. So um, my brain's off most of the time. And then all of a sudden, I get this flush feeling, and I'm like, oh, my God, what's going on? Every, every time it happens, and it's like I said, it's been 10 years. It's still a surprise to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, why am I breathing heavy? Why am I getting dizzy? Why? And then I'm like, okay, it's a panic attack. Calm down. And, you know, you just got to walk yourself walk your back, walk yourself back. Right. But, yeah, your brain does shut off for a second because you're, all your other functions are over-processing. So your brain's like not in it. Now I have no medical training, so take this theory with a grain of salt, okay? But I ha- <laughs> I do have a theory. I have a theory about what goes on here, um, because mm-hmm. it ties in with something I know about. What's called the ARAS, often called the RAS. It's uh, at the brain stem. It's like at the base of the brain, part of what they call mm-hmm. the reptile brain or the monkey brain or whatever you want to call it, um, where uh, where all the fight or flight stuff takes place. And what yes. the what the ARAS does is it it, um, it has a number of different functions, but one of the functions is to act as a filter. So, um, and this is something that actually comes up in law of attraction discussions. Um, you have, for for instance, if you've ever bought a car, like the last car I got was a Toyota Camry, and I got a a, a beige one or a tan one, depending on what you, how you want to look at the color, and 
from that moment on, from the moment I drove it off the lot, I kept seeing beige Toyota Camrys everywhere. Have you ever had that mm-hmm. experience? That's yes, the, that happens all the time. <laughs> that's the ARAS. The ARAS is readjusting the filter because now that it knows that you're focusing on beige Toyota Camrys, it's going to show you every time a beige Toyota yeah. Camry's in the area. And the same thing happens in a wide variety of other things. So if, for instance, you are um, you like to take nature walks and you you see a cardinal and you love seeing the cardinal, you get really excited about it, well, your ARAS is now going to fine-tune the filtering so that anytime there's a cardinal around, it's going to show you the cardinal. The same pattern happening over and over again. Yeah. And the reason it does this is because we have so much sensory information. Forget about technology, just sensory information interacting with the environment. We have so much data coming in through our five senses that if we did not have a filter in place, we would literally be autistic. That's what autism is. An autistic person is someone who doesn't have that filter, and so they have this barrage of data coming in that overwhelms their yeah. ability to handle it. Yeah. So so my, my theory here is that it's quite possible that when you're having a panic attack, the ARAS is in some way overloaded or has been put out of commission for a moment or is, is, is filtering so much stuff and is allowing so little through that basically you have nothing to process. You understand yes. what I mean? It's, it's like all the stimuli have been turned off. All yeah, at once. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that raises yeah. an, shut down. That raises an interesting possibility because if that's the case, our ARAS is reprogrammable. I mean, you do it mm-hmm. when you buy that new car. All of a sudden, you've reprogrammed it to let the new cars come in. So, and and this is where I'm kind of perhaps going off the rails where the medical community is concerned. But I wonder <laughs> if perhaps. I wonder if perhaps you can start retraining your, your filtering mechanism to train on stuff that you want to filter on and thereby eliminate panic attra- attacks because you're building a filtering system. Well, see that, mm. I, I think, yeah, I think where you, where you're, lo- where you're losing a little bit towards the end, cause I was on board, but where I think <laughs> I was too, is that the, um, you, how do I, how do I put this? It, it kind of like the fear, or whatever thoughts are coming to you aren't necessarily from your periphery. Does that make sense? Right. So oh, like, sure. Fears I are always be, born inside. Could, yeah. Right. But I could be at the grocery store and I could have a really, really bad thought about a family member of mine. Mm-hmm. Something's going to happen. To, you know. You know what I mean? So that's that's yeah. where I kind of my break from the, the you know maybe the sensory information. Um, but I wanted to make a point that was aligned with your point, Walt, is that. I believe that um, filtering is very important, um, and that's uh, you know, and we're going to talk to my brother here in a little bit. But that's something that he was able to do because um, I, you know, for to give a quick background, he was diagnosed with anxiety and a panic disorder at a very young age, very like, you know, like eighth grade or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but because of the way that, and this is not an easy thing, right? Especially at that young age, but over years of filtering the way that you look at this disability, right? And I put that in air quotes because for those that are not watching that are listening, because, and this is a fear of mine that humans are all so different, right? And I think that that's on purpose, right? You know, thousands of years ago when we were hunting and gathering, you couldn't, we couldn't all be hunters. We couldn't all be gatherers, right? We, we had to have specific skills. And I think that our, 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 the human body is, is as amazing as it, as it is, it's very limited. And so for somebody like him who was diagnosed with anxiety and a panic attack, well, it's part of that. Um, and I don't know the, he can explain this better than me, but it's like a, it's a, it's kind of a, a cocktail of mental illness, right? But mm. there's a lot of positive things in those, you know, that mental illness that he has been able to lean on and, you know, kind of use it to his benefit. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. Sure. So yeah, he's, he has anxiety, but he's also super obsessive. And, you know, a lot of people will take that as a negative, but when you're super obsessive into something pro- productive, well, now you have a different story. And so I think that's 
kind of where, um, you know, I, I kind of was jumping on board there with you, Walt. <laughs> And I know I I was putting out something that was fairly controversial, I'm sure. The reason I put it out there is because it aligns with the basic theories of the law of attraction and being a deliberate creator. Um, Because if you want to deliberately attract something into your life, you train yourself to focus in a new way on that thing and and make make it in a very positive way and apply positive feelings to it, and then you draw it into your life. Well, that's a form of reprogramming. And, right. and so it just well, makes me wonder how much, how much effort, not effort, but how much, if someone puts the time in to reprogram themselves who is habitually experiencing panic attacks, I wonder if there's going to be a reduction in the panic attacks because they've trained their minds to focus on what they want and not on, on what they don't want. Yeah. So, and, and that's where it was an agree, it was a disagree and agree. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's a, I don't know that you can necessarily change that programming, but to, I do think that you can change the filter in the way you look at it and then yeah. use it to your benefit. That's mm-hmm. my point is I don't know if you can necessarily change the physiology, um, but you can definitely change um, the way in which you, you use it or, or, you know, instead of letting it use you, I guess if that's my, that's my. Yeah. Wait, okay. you, you mentioned how your brother has the ability to really focus in on one thing, like a, I don't remember what the term was you used, but it's like tunnel vision. Like you focus on just obsessive, that one thing. Yeah. It's almost obsessively. Hyper-focus. Yeah, and that that's actually a benefit. That's a very strong benefit because if you want to attract something into your life, you don't want to be focusing on the wrong stuff. You want to have that hyper-focus so that you're on the thing that you want. So that's actually a, a good thing. I, I, I suspect that somebody who has that going on is actually in a pretty good place for taking control of the situation, taking control of, of their panic attacks, just because they have that, they have developed that ability to focus as a, a coping mechanism, I would imagine. Well, I mean, yes and no. I think that uh, it's still, you know, very, very difficult. I think it just comes from, um, and also not a lot of people, because a lot of people have these, what I would call benefits, um, but a lot of people don't look, at them as benefits, right? They only see their disability or they only see to your point, right? I, and this is where I'm agreeing with you is that that little thing is very important because your perception is your reality, right? And so if you see this is going to hinder me, this is going to hinder me, or if you're in that mindset, that can take you in a completely different place. And that's all filtering also. It's, Absolutely. What do I see out of any situation? Right. Oh, is it this or is it the other thing, you know? And the more you focus on the positive things, uh, the more you see the positive things in the negative, not just in, you know, uh, maybe a disability, but, you know, maybe in a situation. It's a good, it's it's just a good life, um, you know, thing to kind of reprogram uh, in general. But, sure. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if you guys are ready, I, I, I wanted to, to have them join real quick. Yeah, sure. Minutes. So you can ask them some questions. Bring them on. Bring them in. All right, let me hear Text him real quick. All right. All right. So let's just wait for him for a second here. But yeah, so that's why I wanted, I really wanted to have him on the show um, because I think it's important. And like we talked about our experiences, you know, manifesting work and life and, and these other things. I think, you know, we talk about it and this is theory, but when you, kind of talk to somebody who has gone through the struggle and has come out out of the other side, you can start to make parallels and you can kind of find the, uh, the lessons from that. No hey, doubt. Gabriel. Yeah. How's it going, guys? Hey. Hey, Gabriel. Thanks How's for joining us. Thanks for coming on. Welcome to the uh, Daily Dose of Happy show here on LOA Today. Um, nice. So have, so have you been listening on the Facebook Live? Uh, I was unable. To, no, I didn't know oh, where we we're at. I was unable to join that. So I, uh, I was just giving them a little bit of background as far as um, that you were diagnosed with uh, panic and anxiety disorders very early. Mm-hmm. What was it? Eighth, eighth grade, you said. Uh, you started yeah about eighth grade. Started right in there. Um, yeah. And we were just talking about um, how changing the way that you see a disability. Right. Mm-hmm. Or um, and I, again, I put that in air quotes. I mean, me and Gabriel talk about this a lot. Um, 
but how you were able to kind of use that uh, or turn it into a positive, um, you know, later on and how, how that went. So mm-hmm. kind of talk, to, I guess, start with uh, what was it like? Because we talked to Alex and she kind of gave us her view. And I think this is very similar to what you were going through. But eighth mm-hmm. grade, um, you're in school, you know, how, how, what does that feel like? I think uh, the hardest part, and that's what I usually describe to a lot of people, uh, the hardest part with the whole situation is kind of, uh, if you have a cold, you have symptoms like, oh, I have a cough, uh, stuffy nose, and you kind of know what it is, or sore throat, and it, it all ties back. But at that stage, I felt fine, you know? I was perfectly good, and one day, you know, kind of hit me out of nowhere. And there was a feeling of, you know, kind of feeling suffocated, kind of feeling everybody's looking at me and like all of these things at once almost comes like a heart attack you know right then and there and that was the hardest thing is not being young and not understanding am I the only one who feels like this what's going on with me and not having kind of that idea uh that was probably the hardest part but like you said um I do believe that you know everything not only happens for a reason but it kind of ties back into a blessing in my life and I feel like that would have never happened if I never came to accept that that was a part of who I was. Instead of thinking right. of it as a ne- as a negative thing, I took it as, yeah. "Hey, this is negative, but I'm gonna use this as a stepping stone to something positive." Right, because like you, you really at that point you have no choice, right? You, this mm-hmm. is you. This is what you have. Yeah. So you either can right, you can either go one way or the other. So yeah. um, talking about that, as far as I think it's funny that. Um, you didn't hear them, but Walt and Alex mm-hmm. both described it as having like having a heart attack. It's very, oh, yeah. <laughs> very funny that yeah, everybody who has kind of gone through that has, has felt that same thing. But talk us through um, how you got and in, in kind of uh, in a, you know a brief way, but how you got diagnosed and then how that led to you kind of coming out of school um, because I think that you know Alex. Mm-hmm was just talking about how her anxiety had led her to, um, you know, she, she had a hard time at a grocery store, so she didn't mm-hmm. go to the grocery store anymore. And that spiraled kind of into mm-hmm. not leaving the house, really. And I know that you had yeah. similar feelings about that, um, yeah. but then also kind of like how, how you fell into kind of what you fell into. Yeah, so it started for me with, uh, with school. School was a big part, and... Uh, I think the biggest part of where like that led to was I would go to school and I'd feel fine. And then when things got kind of like hot and heavy, you know, I was somebody who was very talkative, had a lot of people kind of eyes on me. So I felt like that created like an anxiety and then kind of like you were saying about her, like it kind of grows. It's like a feeling that grows. So one day I wasn't feeling right. And the next day it would get worse. And, um, I never knew like exactly what it was. Luckily, like my dad had been through certain things. So he kind of, when I expressed my feelings, he was able to to help me out and tell me like what I was going through. And that led to, you know, going to doctors and figuring. But as far as the school part, it became going to school was hard. It was too too much for me to handle. And then it would go, it would go from having a hard day to waking up and trying to avoid the hard day. So maybe I didn't have anxiety at the time. But the right. thought of the thought of going to school where I just experienced anxiety created that anxiety. So like it was like like I said, it would add up and it would like build up on top of each other. Right. Alex, did you have a like does that resonate with you at all? Like maybe yes, you weren't that's the you exact the thing that happened. happened. At the grocery store, um, but now you think about I have to get groceries, what am I gonna do? And then maybe that causes causes anxiety at that point, right? Yeah, yeah. It's exactly what happens. It's crazy. Um, but, but yeah, so, and it's kind of talk us, um, I'm, I'm kind of trying to lead you more into, so, you know, you ended up getting homeschooled, right? And kind of talk, mm-hmm. talk to us about that, you know, kind of, because that's where I'm trying to draw the parallel, right? It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was kind of got, that's, it, it almost happened the same way. It's just like, oh, I don't want to mm-hmm. leave. And then for you, it was like, okay, now it's more comfortable to be homeschooled and yeah. kind of talk, yeah, talk us through that and, and. And how you got into the 2K? So uh, one of the big things I want to bring up as well as being with the homeschool is um, I'm actually in an abnormal psychology class right now. So I'm actually learning a lot about what I went through when I was younger, which is kind of like eye-opening. 
uh, one thing that I noticed that's happening a lot, and this is actually something I resonate with now, is uh, ADHD is being very like, um, a lot of people with, that are getting diagnosed with ADHD are being misdiagnosed because mm-hmm. that's, that's part of the anxiety. So for me, I always thought I had ADHD because I couldn't focus in school. I, I was had tr- trouble retaining information. I also, uh, I would have like lapses in memory or I would lose things and I was very unorganized. But I learned today or recently that that's also the exact same diagnosis and symptoms of anxiety. Not being able to focus because I was in, I was in class and I was getting this information, but as a teacher talked to me, I had thousands of thoughts in my head going on. Oh, is this okay? Am I all right? Or who's looking at me? What's going on? So I wasn't able to focus, not because I had ADHD, but because I had thousands of other thoughts going in my mind at the time. So that was probably the main reason I, school was so difficult for me. So then I, uh, from then on, I got, uh, like in contact with counselors and stuff and they suggested homeschooling. Homeschooling helped a lot because it got rid of that pressure of performing right now and gave me the kind of, kind of the ability to, okay, I'm not feeling good right now. Let's focus on feeling better and then school after. And the school didn't have that aspect. I couldn't walk out the class and say, I'm going to take an hour off, be back when I feel better. So that helped with, that helped with my anxiety as well as being, not being like, oh, I have to perform right now, which they kind of bounced off of each other. So this, um, so real quick, so we talk about on the show, feeling is very important um, to mm-hmm. being able to manifest and you got to be in a good yeah. energy, good feeling. So how did you, um, so you dropped maybe the responsibility that you had and you focused on your feeling. Mm-hmm. So how did you, for those listening, how did you kind of get to that good feeling? How did you get out of the feeling maybe that you were in? What were some of the tricks that you used to, to get in good, good spirits? The, the most successful one in my entire life that I've done with the, when I'm in either an small anxiety, big anxiety, close to panic, just not feeling 100% is something called grounding. Mm, so for okay. me, for, for me, my biggest problem is thoughts. I have, I'll have thousands of racing thoughts. So right. there's times when I'm thinking of something and somebody could even talk to me. And it seems like I'm not interested in what they're saying or leave me alone because I'm trying to like think, you know, I have too much right. going on. Uh, but grounding is a great technique that I use. It helped me till this day. Uh, so what it is, is I will tell myself, say I start getting anxiety. I start thinking, oh my God, I'm going to get my homework done. Oh my God, I have to wash my car. Am I going to do this in time? I have to clean my house. All of these things going on. I say, okay, Gabriel, ground yourself. And what that means is I'll do different things. So I'll say, name five red things. And then I'll have to think, uh, okay, fire trucks are red. Um, what else? Licorice, uh, crayons. And that process of making my mind think of something, what's something red or something, what's favorite kind of foods, those things. Now I'm focusing my mind on a specific thing. So I don't have room to be thinking about my worries because I'm, my mind's concentrated on that. And that kind of breaks me out of that overwhelming feeling. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's that's a that's a good one. What about yeah. uh, doing uh, doing hobbies, those kind of things, doing things that you that you like to do? Yeah, yeah. So that's actually how I got into the gaming. So hobby for me was always playing basketball, uh, you know, watching sports and stuff. But at the time, I, my time was basically during school, so I can't hang out, you know, with my friends. Let's go play basketball. That wasn't an option. One thing I always liked doing was playing video games since I was young. Uh, video games is kind of an escape and that's kind of what got me in. so I started playing this uh, it's called 2k basketball it's basically a basketball like a uh, simulation game and uh, I just played that over and over and a lot of people thought oh you're just playing you know because you're like not going to school just so you can play a video game but for me it was actually an escape si- similar to grounding uh, my brother always noticed this is that when I was actually playing the game half the time I wasn't even playing I was looking at numbers and shoes and different players and how their statistics were and that focus that precision on that certain subject took away the worry of man I'm not feeling good today so that was kind of my escape I would sit down for hours in in a row and then when I was finished playing the game I felt free I felt because I wasn't spending the whole day kind of concentrating on oh this is bad or this is so and that's kind of what we talked about before it being a stepping stone 
if it wasn't for me not being able to go to school, all these negative things, if I were to focus on that, then I would have never gotten anywhere. But being able to say, okay, yeah, this is part of my life, but I'm going to use it now to focus and, and kind of use it, my escape to also be something that helps me. I ended up playing the game so much that um, I actually got recruited basically when I was a freshman uh, to play professionally on a team. Wow. And uh, those teams competed for huge prizes that it's certain years would go from millions of dollars to to hundreds of thousands to, to huge tournaments. And um, it's crazy because there would be times when I would be severely anxious, like I could barely like handle like having conversations and I would sit down and play and it was like freedom. It was like putting like goggles on, not seeing anything else but the game. And yeah. that expanded, yeah, that expanded to me growing and becoming better and better and and kind of that adapted to like that helped my anxiety i would play a tournament game and win and now not only did i escape my but i also have the positivity of helping a group of people like you know reach a goal we won today and i was part of that you know so i wasn't thinking oh man my anxiety made me stay home from school today no my anxiety help my team get a win and put us in a better position for everybody to succeed. And that was a game changer for me. Hey, Gabriel. Uh, yeah, well, let me ask this question. Gabriel, this is Walt. Um, your, your story fascinates me on a number of different levels. Mm-hmm. One level, and I, I'm really curious to know how you're going to answer this one. To what extent do you think it's important for you to be doing activities and, and focusing on things that you want to focus on rather than what somebody else wants you to focus on, such as a, a parent, a teacher, an administrator, mm-hmm. an employer, or something like that. To what extent do you think that that is important? Uh, I think it's very important. And that's something, as like I said, I'm still young. I'm 22 years old, but I feel wise beyond my years because I learned that from an early point. Um, if I was focused on what people around me wanted, work, school, friends – then my anxiety would never have gotten better because by expectation, I was homeschooled. Why aren't you, oh, you're sad or you're anxious. Why aren't you at school? If I was to feed into that, then I would have a different like picture of myself. You know, I'd be focused on, oh, man, I have to do these things for these people. And when I kind of got rid of that, like, pressure, it, it alleviate. I mean, you feel so much better, you know. My worries were... Let me get my school done for me, not for my parents, not for these people. I don't care if it takes five years, six years. If I get it done, I'm happy in my own like progress. And at the same time, okay, I'm playing video games and I should be new. But this was something that it didn't matter if it was to make money or to please anybody. It was for me to feel better. And me feeling better is more important to me than what anybody else had in line for my my whole picture or whatever you saw, call it. I believe you. Yeah. In fact, uh, your your yeah. story your story reminds me of uh, a school based in uh, the Boston, Massachusetts area called the Sudbury Valley School. Mm-hmm. It's a very unusual school in that the uh, students are in complete control of their day. They don't have curricula. They don't have required classes or anything mm-hmm. like that. So they spend all their day doing just stuff that they want to do. A lot of kids play video yeah. games. Video games are are, are big. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite mm-hmm. stories that comes out of that school. Is the story of a kid. Uh, the school is located on a six-acre property that used to be, I think it was actually a nunnery, believe it or not. Um, but they have like two mm-hmm. or three main buildings and a lot of outside area. There's like a pond. Um, lot, there, there, there's all kinds of, of area for doing all kinds of stuff. And this one kid, for like a three-year period or something like that, every single day he'd go to the school with some fishing gear, go down to the pond and fish all day long. And he did that all year long. To the point where yeah. every year that they start the new school year, his father would come in, talk to the, the top staff member, say, you know, my kid just he went fishing last year. That's all he ever did. Mm-hmm. And the staff yeah. member would have to remind him, this is the way the school works. It's, that's what our model is. You let the kid follow mm-hmm. their own thing, and they'll get there. And no one really knew what he was doing other than the fact that he was fishing. Well, one day he shows up and talk, uh, to the main building and talks to one of the staff members and says, I want to learn how to use a computer. And they said, well... As far as we know, you don't even know how to read. So, you know, how are you going to learn to use how to <laughs> yeah. learn to use a computer? He says, "Oh, I know how to read." And they said, "Well, where did you learn how to read?" When I was fishing. Mm-hmm. And they said, "Okay, well, with a computer, it's also helpful to learn and know how to do math. If you want, especially because you said you want to do some programming, you got to know some math." Oh, I know math. Well, where did you learn math? Yeah. When I was fishing. 
And that's what I was thinking of when you were telling your story about how you're yeah. learning these things while you're playing the video game. I mean, you were basically an yeah, exemplification yeah. of that. And for me, it's almost like if you're forced to go to this place that makes you uncomfortable to learn, then maybe you're not going to be adapted. You're not going to enjoy learning. And then you're not going to be able to want to continue to learn. Mm-hmm. It's almost like yes. if every time every if every time you did a math problem, someone... You know, smacks you in the back of the head. You're never going to do that problem. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but if, but if so someone true. gives you but but if someone gives you you know that you know positive like reinforcement like uh, here's a cake for doing 100 math problems, I might sit there and do math problems all day. So it's all about being in a comfortable environment, and that's how I felt that I learned, and I feel like I don't regret any and you know being homeschooled over regular school because it was my way. And for me, it worked. And maybe if I did another way, I would have been in a different situation. And for me, that mm-hmm. you know wouldn't be where I'm at right now. Yeah, I think you did the right thing, actually. And kudos to yeah. your parents and, and your your support system for recognizing that was the right way for you to go. Because you, yeah, you, that, that would that allowed you to flourish in the way that you needed mm-hmm. to flourish, and allowed you to yeah. focus on what you needed to focus on, and allowed you to pursue what you needed to pursue. It was it was about what you needed to do. And that's, yeah, exactly. that's where it all starts. That's, that's where the power is in focusing on what you need. Yeah. So yeah, good for you and good for them. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> so that, those are my questions, Carlos. You, I'll, I'll, I'll let you continue. You're doing a great job as, as the interviewer, by the way. So go ahead. Oh, thank you. No, I, I, just, <laughs> I just wanted to really show, cause I know, you know, obviously him being my brother, I know his story very well. And I just wanted to show that, um, through the law of attraction, sometimes, um, and I, I think we've spoken to the, maybe not on this uh, show, but uh, on the Friday show, but we've spoken a lot about sometimes the best way to use the law of attraction is to get out of your own way. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Like trying to force the universe uh, will always, you'll always, you know, feel blocked. Um, but mm-hmm. if you kind of get out of your own way, the the pieces for your life will kind of, unravel for you right it, and and i think that that's a great example is you know mm. oh man i have to be homeschooled okay well you know i'm very obsessive about this game and to your point uh well about that school is what i think is when you don't give people you know that structure and that direction people gravitate towards what they're passionate about right and yes. you think you look at all the people that are very successful um in anything in comedy and they do things because they're passionate first and the money, the accolades, all that stuff comes afterwards. Right. And so you look at somebody like Gabriel who was homeschooled um, by no choice of his own. Right. But then he took this thing that he was very passionate about. And with that obsession that I talked about earlier, he just, he had this, you know, obsessive uh, thing that came, came, came with that cocktail of, you know, uh, mental illness was able to not only let him play the game, but be the best in the game. So um, mm-hmm. he hasn't kind of, got, and he's a humble guy, but he became the, uh, he's in the Hall of Fame for that, that league. And he became, you know, the MVP of the league. I mean, not only just playing, but playing at a super high level. And, mm-hmm. you know, through that, again, um, manifested an outlet. Gabby tell the rest of the story, but kind of go, yeah. if you can go into, what that ended up becoming, and I, hold on, yeah, we, just so we, we and we have like fifteen minutes, so uh, <laughs> I try to be <laughs> I got you. So, uh, <laughs> like you said, though, with the forcing, I used to with the forcing and trying to make things happen the way you want. I did that even with the game. Uh, I was like he said, I set scoring records. I scored sixty points in halves. I did um, like crazy things, crazy things. But one thing I couldn't accomplish was winning the championship at the end. I think I did three or four years in a row, and I was forcing it, and I was like, oh, I could win so much money. And every time I lost, I got devastated. I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm the best person. How isn't this working? And it was because I was trying to force it, and I never understood, like, how am I so good, and all these things are happening, and I can't win. I can't win. And then my dad actually was the one who says, you know, maybe it's not meant to be. Maybe this isn't your time, not because – I didn't need to win or because I wasn't good, but maybe I win all that money and I go down a path I'm not supposed to go down. And I couldn't see it. I couldn't right. see it. I couldn't, I couldn't see it. I said, no, I should have won. I want, I could have had money. I could have done this. I couldn't have done that. And he said, no, just like wait until you see what comes from it. And I never, and I ignored him. No, I'm mad. And I was mad for months. 
And then they asked me again, do you want to play? And I said, no, I'm never playing. Forget that. I've done four years. I can't win. What's the point? And I talked to, so the guy who ran the league, his name is, uh, uh, his name was, uh, Michael Sepso. And he basically is in charge of mass tournaments. He's a director of sprint, does lots of different things, works with NASCAR. Uh, he was asking me like, oh, what's going on? And I was just, no, I can't do this. And he said, oh, I had this opportunity. You know, I feel like it's very good for you. And that basically, led to me getting an internship with EA Sports, which is basically the biggest, you know, Madden, all these yeah. games they make. They, they make the game. Are yeah. everywhere. Yeah, they make all <laughs> kinds of yeah. Yeah, My nephew's and, a programmer uh, there, actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so they did, uh, they did that and uh, basically gave me an internship to not only, uh, like, help me, you know, move forward in life, but also was able to pay for my school. So from not being able to even go to high school and worrying about am I even going to graduate high school to getting these uh, internship that's going to basically be a scholarship for a university, it's a whole you know I would have never well, seen sir. it if I if I if I complained about being homeschooled I would have never seen it if I never started playing the game I would have never seen it if I never you know questioned yeah. myself for losing so and that has led to. Uh, I mean, t- till this day, I, I'm not into the gaming as much as I am, but that, you know, that education that I got basically for free because of them has led to me being basically a year away from, you know, being a clinical laboratory scientist and things that I could have never imagined I would have ever done with at the age of, you know, 14 and 15 when I was struggling. You hit the jackpot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, <laughs> like I said, that that's so far off from what you... Oh, I guess the path is seems pretty far off from what you wanted, mm-hmm. right? You're like, I just want to go to school. I just want to get mm-hmm. a degree. And yeah. the universe was like, well, yes, but maybe not the way that everybody else does it, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. Rode that wave. And, and, I, and again, it's like all those, you know, things are, and accolades and accomplishments mm-hmm. are, are great. And they're a part of your story now, right? And, and you can, mm-hmm. like you said, you, you, um, and I and I agree with that too. It's like I think about that also. Like, what if you're 18 and you went win three hundred thousand dollars, right? Like, mm-hmm. with mental illness, like who knows? Like, what if you yeah, yeah it could go very yeah. wrong, very bad. You, can go, you can go into drugs yeah. or what? Who knows? Yeah. Like, I'm not saying you would, but yeah. I'm saying, and I talk about this all the time on the show, is just being ready for your opportunity, or being ready for what you're asking the universe for. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, sometimes I, you're the universe for something. But mm-hmm. you're not ready to receive it, and you've got to yeah. go through certain things in order to build, you know, that uh, yeah. those tools or that toolbox um, yeah. to allow it, you to be successful later. And it sounds, uh, I always say this recently, it sounds pretty crazy, but I, I believe I'm most grateful for is my mental illness. Mm-hmm. The thing I Agreed. believe is my super, yeah, the thing I think my superpower is, is my mental illness. And the reason right. I say that is because not only has it, I, I taught me adversity, you know, I'm dealing with stress. When when there's a stress, I'm out, I'm out work and there's 10 customers and you're yelling, you know, oh, most people panic. I said, dude, I had thousands of voices in my head, so <laughs> this is not <laughs> But 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 beyond that, kind of just being able to accept it and, you know, not think of it as a stigma has me, let me be open and kind of, you know, got rid of my anxiety. I could tell people, yeah, I have anxiety and not feel like, oh, they're going to – because I'm – you know, I love myself and I care and I know my my truth. And that also helps with being able to op- being open. You know, I can't tell you how many people I've just had conversations with and be- feel like I've been able to help them because luckily I had a great support system. But not only that, like I said, I've been through the highest of highs, the lowest of lows, and I'm lucky to be where I am today. But I know that people throughout my life are going to be on that same wave. So me being able right. to help them through that, makes me feel better than, you know, other people who just don't even, never had that experience to be able to help. Right. I think this is also a a great reminder. Your story is a great reminder that no matter what we go through in life, it's all good. Because you went through what seemed to be (laughs) bad stuff, but look at the good that came out of it. I mean, you had to struggle pretty bad through some stuff, and that struggle turned into a springboard to stuff you didn't even know was going to be there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, one 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 memory I always have is my brother uh, Carlos. He, uh, I remember one night. I think I couldn't even tell you the day. Maybe four or five years ago, we're at a family party. Everything's going good. Everyone's having a fun time. 
And boom, I had, you know, anxiety, panic. I was super uncomfortable. I had to leave the party to go outside, and I was full crying, full... And then I felt horrible because now I have a crowd around me. I feel like, oh, man, I ruined the party, you know? My brother steps me me aside, and he says, hey, see that little dot on that brick? And I said, yeah. He said, that's what's going on right now. You see all these other bricks around it? That's your life. So don't let this little, you know, this little episode, this little, this little night affect not only the rest of tonight, but the rest of your life. You know, you have so much more life to live. And that kind of opened me my eyes to if I have a bad day, tomorrow might be the best day. If I have the best day, tomorrow mm-hmm. might be a bad day. And not to judge, like I said, before I see the result. If I would have judged and said, yeah, I'm never playing this game again, not talking to anybody, I would have never been in the position I am today. So I feel like that's kind of you know, like you guys talk about the law of attraction is is never thinking something's the best, nothing's, never thinking something's the worst. You might break your arm and, oh, my God, this is the worst thing that ever happened to me. But the next day, they might, you know, the military might call and say, hey, everybody with good arms, you got to go to war. (laughs) (laughs) That's the best best day ever because I have a broken arm. So, you know, everything, everything I believe happens not only for a reason, but to create your own path into what you believe. I believe if you have a positive attitude and a positive outlook, then you have positive results. Even if you have negative on the way. As long as you keep that spirit of being, you know, everything's going to be good, things will turn out in your favor. It reminds me of a story that my Tuesday morning co-host, Cindy Chavez, uh, tells about, uh, mm-hmm. I think it's a Chinese farmer who uh, one day uh, a flood comes and wipes out all of his crops. And the townspeople say, mm-hmm. oh, what bad luck. And the farmer says, yeah. oh, good luck, bad luck, who knows. And uh, they end up uh, building a bridge to get across his land. So he ends up having a nice, easy way to get into town. They say, oh, well, good luck. You get to do a bridge out of this. He says, ah, good luck, yeah. bad luck, who knows. And he goes through a series of ups and downs like this. Every time they say, yeah. wow, well, good luck or what bad luck. And his response is always the same. Ah, good luck, bad luck, who knows. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's how, and that's, that's how I think you have to, like, take things is, like, with a grain of salt. This is, well, some, and I learned that from, like, my, like I said, my dad. I remember days where we'd be late to school, like a pop tire, or we'd stop at the gas station. And I used to get, I'm such a perfectionist because of my like obsessiveness that I would be like, oh no, I have to be there at this time because it would, it would make me feel uncomfortable. And I would be, I would, you know, one little thing, or we're going to the beach and it's raining and I would ruin my whole day. And I would say, oh my God, horrible, like everything's gone wrong. And I learned that, hey, and this is what he said, you know, maybe it's raining because you go to the beach and you get bit by a shark. Maybe we have a flat tire because <laughs> if we would have left, you know, if we would have left on time, maybe you get in a car accident. So never, never let things affect what's to come because that kind of negativity will only bring you down. Keep a positive attitude and positive things show up. Absolutely. Cool. I agree. All right. All right, Gabriel. I appreciate you coming on. Uh, again, we, we wanted to, to get your perspective. Um, we only have a yeah. few minutes here, but uh, thanks again, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Unless you guys have any other quick questions for him before I let him go. Just, just one question. Oh, G- no, I'm good. Gabriel, just one question. What, what's your big takeaway from your experience? What's the one thing that you keep in mind more than anything else? Uh, probably just that, like, like I said, that I'm grateful for the situations, for everything that happened before. Like I said, I would take everything as why me and now i'm i take everything as like thank god it was me you know very cool and i that that's a that's a big adjustment that it took a lot of growing to 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 be able to achieve but like i said i'm i I believe it's my superpower now good for you congratulations and thank you for coming on to the show and and telling us about your story because that's that's a great story very inspiring i appreciate you guys thank you thank you for having me all right all right no problem and uh, while we do have a couple minutes left, I want to make sure I get our promo messages in. If you're not yet a subscriber to the podcast, what are you waiting for? You can see how good the content is, right? Become a subscriber. The instructions are in the description wherever you're happening to see the show right now. If you don't see instructions on how to do it, there's, there's usually links there. But if you don't see links, just go to the homepage of our website, LOAToday.net. we got big, big links there for you to click. You can hardly miss them. And then once you're a subscriber, make sure you share on social media the fact that you're listening to and watching the uh, LOA Today Show and getting your daily dose of happy. And uh, so with those two thoughts in mind, I want to come back to our my, my two main co-hosts here. Uh, Carlos, I'm going to come to you last. Alex, I want to go to you first. You, you were sitting there listening to a story that I'm sure is very familiar to you. 
But uh, what, so what's your take? I mean, yes. does this, first of all, does it affect you in any way with your experience? Does it, does it resonate and does it affect you? And second of all, what's your takeaway? Um, I'm like in, okay, where, where Gabriel's story like went, I'm like in the middle of it right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I took my obsession with TV and I created a Facebook page and then got hundreds of followers and then turned that into a podcast. And then, so that's what, you know, I'm doing the same thing with my obsession, but my obsession comes from autism. So, you know, it's a whole different, I'm not going to say mental illness because it's, it's a blessing and a curse in disguise. So, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I'm in the middle of Gabriel's story right now. So I'm, I feel exactly what he's saying. Do, do you have a takeaway that that's really resonating with you today? Like, you know, I hadn't thought of this particular thing, but I'm glad I, that he said it or I thought of it or somebody brought it up. No, not really. It's just everything just resonates with me. Everything does. Like, mm-hmm. I just, I'm just, yeah. I'm just like, yes, yes, exactly. Okay. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. And especially if you're in the middle of it, it it's almost unfair to ask you what's your conclusion because you're in the middle of it. <laughs> <laughs> so you, yeah. it's really a little bit early <laughs> to ask no that conclusion. conclusion. There's never a conclusion. <laughs> so, okay. I'm on my deathbed what my conclusion is. That's what it is. Oh, okay. All right. So m- note to self. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, okay. So Carlos, now we're going to, we're going to finish up with you. So what, what's your takeaway? What we, we started off talking about anxiety. You very um, carefully defined the difference between what some people call anxiety. That's really just stress under normal situations. And then, uh, differentiate that from like what your brother goes through, what Alex has gone through, what others have gone through. So what's your big take on the whole situation after having this conversation? Yeah, first of all, um, to Alex's point, I use mental illness, you know, in air quotes and very sparingly, uh, because like to my brother's point, it's uh, we in our, at least in our family, um, we see those things as, as superpowers, mm. you know, and so... Uh, I think Kanye West does as well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I also I'm sorry. Think okay, go. <laughs> I think that Gabriel has more control over his superpower than Kanye West. Yeah. Um, right. So he might be uh, he might be a little rogue there. No. Um, but honestly. <laughs> It's just, um, to, I just wanted to really have him on to tell that story in order to let people know a couple things. One is that um, your limitations or what you feel are your limitations don't define you, mm. um, right? They're, they're there to steer your path, not to uh, form your conclusion, right? So like I said, he ended up going to the university, all the stuff that um, he ultimately wanted to do, um, again, it just took him in a different path and a better path, honestly, if you, if you ask him or if you really look from outside in, um, you know, you get school paid for, um, got to work at a company that hardly anybody gets to work at, walking probably just to this saying, you know, you have a, uh, I think he said a nephew that works there. So, but it's just like, you know, video game, anybody who plays video games would love an opportunity to work <laughs> at this place, right? And, and, yes. and, he was able, and he was able to do that. Um, so yeah, just, and, and I think he made a really good point, And this is something that I talk about often is that, um, whatever negative thing you're going through, you know, there's a, there's a reason for it. Right. And it's, uh, it's there to build you up. It's there to, um, uh, kind of uh, create that toolbox, that tool belt, um, for you to be able to handle this huge thing that you're asking the universe for. Um, right. So absolutely. Um, and by the, by the way, I want to let you know, we, we, we're also resonating with the audience. We have a couple of comments and I, I forgot to check comments, but I want to make sure that I touch on these cause they're both sure, really good. Um, let's see. It's uh Oh, I hope I pronounce it right. Doug and Cheryl. I think it's Doug and Cheryl. Um, I suffer from anxiety day every day. The reason I can't work. So I pray for abundance every day. And then Harley wrote, I remember those feelings of anxiety in school, and I still have anxiety. That is why I homeschooled both of my kids, so they would not have to experience this. So um, two more people that that, uh, your brother's story really resonated with in a big, big way. So thank you for for suggesting the the topic, the two of you, and and thank you for bringing it in. We'll we'll have to uh, explore it further at another time because we're kind of out of time for today, but it's been great. And uh, I look forward to talking to you guys in a week.
Absolutely. All right. All right. And we'll see you all next time as well here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody.